Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Scotty Bailey, uh, journo from AAP, um, joins us on the line. Scott, thanks for taking time out, mate, of of your Saturday. I know it's a busy time for you. Um, When did you learn? Was it late last night or early this morning about warning? Uh, Yeah, late last night for me. I was actually just about to shut the laps off. I was doing the uh, test match off the TV, so about to shut the laps off at about uh, 10 past one last night. And uh, I must admit, I don't, you know, I, I don't think I've ever been as in, um, in as much mm. shock or disbelief as I'm writing something or, or hoping something I was writing to be mm. somehow proven incorrect and yeah, an hour later. But unfortunately, it just wasn't the case. It's been a crazy few months, hasn't it? We've lost some really good, uh, iconic Aussie sports men in the main, haven't we? And uh, most of them... Um, you know, have been sort of older and, and getting on in life. And, you know, when, it, when a 70-year-old or 80-year-old or, or eight older passes away, yes, it hurts and it's it still comes as a shock. But when someone like Warney, who's you know, larger than life and bouncing around just a couple of days ago, you it just then you, you sort of have to wipe the sleep from your eyes and think, is this, is this a horrible dream? Yeah, I mean, I've been too dark. I remember going to a funeral many years ago, but... Um, Teacher at a school, teacher at my school, and I remember the um, the priest in eulogy or priest in one of his speeches mm. saying there's a natural progression to life, and you sort of come to terms with accepting that people grow old and they pass away, and it's it's when they don't, you know, that that progression doesn't exist, that it's the biggest shock. And then, you know, with Shane Warne, it's almost an even bigger shock, isn't it? Because like you say, he he um, he just appeared indestructible. He was, uh, well, I mean, mm. on the field, he was. I, 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 definitely the greatest cricketer I ever saw, but even just off the field, his wife was a walking headline. It was great. It had its, it had its flaws. It's had its, you know, absolute moments of brilliance. He's a poker player. He, you know, he, he golf. He, 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 there were so many facets of Shane Warne that you, you just didn't feel like any of those facets were that he was, um, you know, that it, it, he was, he wasn't invincible, I guess, if you know what I mean. You sort of yeah. felt like he was and, that, that, that's sort of part of the shock, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But, and, and then when you think back sort of in the cool light of day and logically, um, you think about his lifestyle and, um, well, it wasn't the healthiest lifestyle. He, he lived in the fast lane. He squeezed everything he could into every single hour of every day. Um, and I guess it's all, it's all caught up with him. And, you know, it's going to happen to all of us one day, but you just, you never mm. know when. That's it. Yeah, you're right. And, and I think I saw someone say this morning. I thought they they summed it up perfectly that that Shane Warne got more out of his 52 years than mm. than you know 100 people will get out of their 80 years combined. Um, just because he, he he squeezed so much living at that time. It's interesting. His manager actually James Erskine um, today saying that they'd only just arrived in Kosamui that he hadn't been drinking and he actually hadn't drunk that much over the past 10 years and was, was mm. you know, on a diet and actually living uh, quite a healthy lifestyle um, in recent times and, and probably, dare I say it, more healthy than, than people would, would realise or expect because there's, you know, there is that shame on images and the, the, the party boy and whatnot, but, um, yeah. you know, at least from what, from what James was saying that 
uh, in, in more recent years that that hadn't been so much the case. No, and we had Brendan McCullum on earlier talking to Hutchie earlier this morning, and you know, he was quite open mm. about you know the lifestyle that Warney led and uh, led rather, and uh, you know smoked like a chimney. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. But that all aside, um, yeah, just a just a rock star of the sport outside of cricket. You know, um, um, he took on rock star sort of status. The world's going to be a very different place without him. But we we come to live and learn and come to grips with it all. Fond memories, fondest memories of, of Warney in terms of um, on-the-field stuff? Yeah, I think for mine, um, probably the 1999 World Cup semi-final, that, that is still my favourite game of mm. cricket ever played. And, and Shane Warne's, um, you know, I think he took three for three from his first three overs. And, you know, the, <laughs> there's that image or, or that footage of him sort of, I think he described it as trying to fire the team up by playing his arms around crazily while yeah. also trying to calm himself down. and. And other like I think there's just like that is probably my favourite worn image. But you know I, I grew up with you know the, the first uh, I started watching cricket when I was I'll say five years old and mm. and what Warren was a couple of years into his career then that that's sort of the worn um, you know war kind of McGrath kind of era into the Ponting Warren era. But I, I kind of I, it's funny like I, the, the 99 World Cup semi-final stands out. But I kind of wish I was that little bit older to realise the greatness that was Shane Warren because it probably wasn't until you know, his last two or three years that I sort of realised what that I was having mm. a chance to witness one of the greatest players ever play the game. So the memories don't stick out as much as I wish they did. But yeah, I think 99 World Cup semi-final for me. Mm. He was 23, the ball of the century, when um, he faced England for the first time in the 1993 Ashes. Uh, mm. 23, which was his number two, wasn't it? And which... Um, mm, yeah. Uh, the A League uh, clubs are, are going to have a, I think, a moment's applause on the 23rd minute of uh, the games um, this weekend. Well, it's hard I to, like that, yeah. yeah, it is nice, nice gesture. Um, you know, and, and I grew through. I'm, I'm older than you, and that was, you know, mm. the warmer grass, and even before that too. You know, the Lily Marsh. I was living right through that. As I don't know, maybe a, a 10 year old. They were the heydays um, mm. for me of Aussie cricket. DK and, and Rod and. Um, and, and as I say, you're a bit younger than me, but we, we knew how good he was. And, um, I, I yeah, like, I yeah. like, I love the stuff he did off, off the field too. And he, he morphed, well, not morphed into commentary, but I just thought he was one of the best, one of the best we've had in terms of an ad, analytical mind and, and someone that you, you didn't grow tired of hearing. Yeah, agreed. And, and also, um, just today, like I've seen countless stories of people just describing how, how generous he was and, um, you know, from, Helping out with money to, uh, you know, giving his time, and we always saw him in, you know, even in more recent years in, in the nets. Like he, he's pulled so much time with Mitch Swepson and mm. and any spinners that come through. But it's kind of the that's the unseen side of warding. I think like he he was, you know, very strong in terms of, uh, yeah, ensuring that the 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 system was there to look after, um, not not just the big bright names such as himself, but. But the younger guys coming through and and the state systems and making sure they were you know rightfully paid and whatnot and I I kind of feel like in all the um, off field shall we say you know personality that is Shane mm. Moore that that side of it's kind of forgotten and, and I guess yeah. the other thing on field that I, I sort of feel like I've noticed more today is you, you, you forget how much variation like he, he was he, I mean his strength was that he just nailed his stock ball right but yeah. Um, like his variation in terms of his flipper, like so many of his, you know, I was watching um, Fox Cricket a few years ago around the, the top 50 wickets he took on home. So, and if you get early in his career, how many of his, how many of his wickets he took from his flipper and 
then obviously it was a slider later on in his career. Like he, there, there was so much to Shane Warne that uh, he, he almost kind of gets forgotten in the in the, the gadding ball or the you know, shooting around chain ball ball and whatnot. Like that. there's just so many components to him that I know you could talk about for days and weeks or months, mm. couldn't you? Was, uh, let me ask you this, Scott. Uh, Scotty Bailey, AAP Journo. Um, could Cricket of Australia have squeezed more out of Shane Warne, used him more in the development system? And I, I, I know he, you know he had a little bit here and there to do, and particularly you know, a big fan of Mitch Swepson, but could he have been utilised more by Cricket Australia? I think the question would more be whether whether, whether he wanted. Shane wanted to be mm. utilised more. Like I think he quite enjoyed... Um, yeah, the fact that he he'd go around the world commentating, and uh, he also had the freedom of playing his poker tournaments, and sort of um, just for bits and pieces of his life, get out of that bubble because you know he spoke you know a fair bit throughout his career about how that bubble was all consuming, especially in the mid nineties, in the years after that getting ball. So, I mean, I mean potentially, but I, I don't know. That's probably at the feet of cricket Australia. I think that was more just you know a bit like um, we sort of say the same about Ricky Ponting, don't we? That. Mm. Yeah, Ricky Ponting could. We said it a couple of weeks ago. Ricky Ponting could coach Australia if he wanted to, but whether Ricky Ponting yeah. would want to do that, I think it's probably the same story with Shane Warne, to be honest. Yeah, you, you, you're probably right there. Um, all righty, um, still with cricket over there in Royal Pindi. Hindsight's a beautiful thing, but um, <laughs> we probably should have gone with two spinners. Uh yeah, that's probably a fair way to put. It. I mean, Andrew McDonald last night was. Jeez, that seems a long time ago. That press conference. Yeah, told <laughs> last night was um was insistent in saying that um you know you, it's hard you can't judge the selections in the team uh, after one day. You've got to base it up to five. I mean, we all jump pretty quick to jump uh, to judge England selections after one day at mm-hmm. Adelaide Oval, and this one's a bit similar to me. But yeah, it's the first time in I think it was twelve tests on, in Asia that Australia hasn't played a second spinner. And even if you go back to when they weren't playing two frontline spinners, it was mm-hmm. Glenn Maxwell that was the yeah, you know, there I say a second spinner is an all rounder. Yeah, so so the, the preference has always been to go two spinners. Um, this tour was, you know, did, I think I mentioned it the other week is, was a bit of the unknown though because Royal Pindi, uh, I think Pakistan took 14 of their 20 wickets with pace last time they played there. So it was expected to be a wicket that offered a bit more for the quicks. Um, Andrew McDonald said last night that it probably didn't offer as much as they thought, didn't offer as much bounce as they thought. Uh, and even with the spin, to be fair, like there was a bit of juice in it early, or not juice, but there was a bit of, um, yeah, something in it early that mm. was a bit of attack, I think his words were, that um, offered a bit for Travis Head. That's why they had him on early, but realistically, it didn't really give Nathan Lyon much help either. So, yeah, I mean, look, I think I think they should have gone two spinners, but uh, even with two spinners yesterday, there's every chance that Pakistan is still on the same score they are. And um, Well, that's right. And Australia having to bat fourth, uh, it will spin late in the match, but unfortunately for Australia, they're not going to be the ones who have the advantage of that. No. That'll be Pakistan. No, the horse may have bolted. Uh, turning our attention to the one-day International Women's World Cup. So the Aussies in action as we speak, and they're about to face their final ball, I think it is. Uh, I'll bring you a score update on that. We're three for 305, so uh, going going pretty comfortably indeed. Um, and I'll just go through the score. 130, Rachel Haynes. Uh, hmm. Oh, she must have just got caught, I think. Um 130 off 131, and Meg Lanning, uh, 86. So uh, there it is, three for 310, the final score. Uh, so they'll now break, and England will be chasing that one. Had a few COVID problems over there across the ditch? Yeah, Ash Gardner. Um, we missed a couple of games at least, two, just three games with COVID. Um, 
10 games isolation, oh, sorry, 10 day isolation period uh, for those who catch it. Which, you know, the good thing is that she got over there because there was the, the great fear mm. before this World Cup that if a player caught it, they wouldn't be able to um, fly over, obviously, with COVID. And then they wouldn't be able to, New Zealand were only accepting player or teams in one group. So, if, you know, if for argument's sake, Ash caught it just before she got in the flight, she wouldn't be able to partake in the World Cup at all. So, the good news is that most teams have sort of, I think all teams, at least most teams, have escaped with that, without that issue. Uh, Australia certainly has. So they'll be about Ash for a bit. But, yeah, it's, the ICC's had a nightmare trying to work out all these different backups and what they can do if, if teams run out of players, so to speak. And, you know, you just hope for Australia's sake that, uh, you know, Ash just hasn't passed it on to anyone. I noticed there was a bit of relief this morning when, there were all negative uh, results on the morning of today's game. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine a sporting event not being affected by COVID at the moment, isn't it? And just in terms of that tournament, it, it would take a lot for Australia not to win this. I mean, England defending champs, we saw what Australia did um, to them in the Ashes in the one-day component. Um, and, you know, look like doing it again today. Uh, it's yeah, This is Australia's tournament to, to lose. And also the one that they've wanted to win back for four or five years now because mm-hmm. they... They were extremely upset about the way it ended for them in 2017 in the semi-finals. Three for 310. Uh, so that's what England will be chasing down when they go out to uh, bat after the short break. All right, let's uh, talk some rugby league. Uh, talk briefly, mate, if you can. Uh, I know you love hmm. you love your footy. Next week it all starts on Thursday, doesn't it? And we've got the three women's games uh, at Wynn Stadium tomorrow. Um if I could ask you, and I asked Matty Russell earlier today when he joined us from Fox Sports, a couple of climbers, a couple of clubs climbing into the eight and a couple of sliders potentially sliding out of the eight. If I throw that at you firstly. Yeah, so for mine, let's go sliders first. Uh, Newcastle are a slider for me. That is and me. That's a club of a bit of concern. Yeah, I mean, I think it's for everyone, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. unless you're a Newcastle fan. I, look, yeah, there's a lot of owners on Caitlin Ponga there. Um, obviously, uh, Mitchell, uh, Mitchell Pierce's exit was tough enough, and then Pro Jaden Braley's in there. They're a slider yeah. for me. A Gold Coast is an interesting club, but it's incredible to think that a year ago we we're talking about them being, um, you know, uh, have this great roster and at the end of a rebuild, and all of a sudden now they've got the youngest spine in the NRL again. So I could potentially see them sliding as well. They're probably a borderline eight team. Um, Cronulla come in for me. It's an interesting one with Nico Hines and Matt Moylan and the halves together because I put to Nico during the week that, yeah, rarely you see two fullbacks playing in the halves together. And he said, well, what about Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes? And I thought, yeah, that's a pretty good point. Mm. <laughs> that's mm. that. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to know who the other team that comes in. There could be any number. It probably depends on what solid game we see this year. If the game's a bit slower, I did think Canberra, but obviously uh, Jamal Fogarty's injury is a bit of a blow there. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind the dragons. I know a lot of people weren't aren't high of them. But I think come on, come on, have some uh, show some bravery. You're going to tip oh, the dragons I'll, I'll or not? The, hmm? I'll say the dragon. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll say the dragons. Why not? Let's oh. go the dragons. So they're the team that climbs for me. Okay. Well, no, I'm similar to you. I'm, I'm, I've got, I've bracketed. I see. I took the each way, but I've bracketed the dragons and raiders. I think to uh, to come into that. What about the bunnies? Um, a potential slider or not? You think they'll hold their own at the top? Or oh, near the I think top. they slide, mm. but yeah, I think they slide. But there's just such a there's such a gap between you know to drop from what effectively was the top six last year to outside the eight. 
that's not a slide, that's a fall off the mountain. So yeah. I, I can see the bunny sliding down a hill, but not falling off the mountain, so to speak. No, fair enough. Uh, I've got Storm finishing on top. Uh, Chooks, uh, Roosters, a lot of people are fancying them for this year. I read an article, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, about Sam Verrills. He's there. I think it's the last year of his contract. He must be looking over his shoulder, huh? Because he's got Brandon Smith arriving in Bondi next season. Yeah, so yeah, he, he he's actually contracted through to the end of 2024, but obviously right. Brandon Smith arrives next season, which has had plenty of question marks about his future. He is absolutely determined to hold on to that number nine jersey, um, doesn't want to entertain the thought of leaving the Roosters, insists that's not at all been this thought process, which I think we all thought it would have been, surely, when, when they signed Brandon Smith. And, and it's not like Brandon Smith can easily fit into lock at the Roosters because Victor Radley has that number 13 jersey when he's on the field, at least. So, uh, yeah, quite a big year for Sam Verrills. He's come off a, uh, a clean off-season. But, yeah, I, I found that quite interesting during the week, uh, virtually declaring that he, he will fight for it and he expects to be number nine for the Roosters in round one, 2023 and beyond. Mm. Uh, Scotty, thanks for taking time out of your day, mate. Appreciate you uh, joining us, as I do. I know our listeners do as well. Always, uh, always good to chat. Enjoy the rest of your day. Difficult day for all of us um, involved in in sport, and I dare say difficult um, well, for anyone around the world that uh, that knew mm. and liked and loved Shane Warne. Absolutely, likewise, mate. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Scotty. Scotty Bailey from AAP, and he's um, he's kind enough to jump on the line pretty much every every weekend where I'm hosting Sports Central. He, he joins me occasionally on higher ground as well. So always good to uh, to chat and get his perspective. We'll take a, a break. Rooster Man, I'll get to your text in just a moment, mate. I appreciate you sending that through. Um, if you'd like to send your own thoughts through, it uh, can be about anything in the world of sport. Uh, today, mostly the inbox is uh, cluttered with um, tributes and memories for Shane Warne. You can certainly do that, and I'll get through them before I go off air at 4, uh, 0457 736 736.